0: Hello, Iron Radio listeners. This is ironradio.org, and I am Robert Fortress-Fortney, a former editor for MuscleMag International, a former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter.
1: Hey, guys and girls. This is Charles Staley. I am author of MuscleLogic, creator of Escalating Density Training, and I'm also a master's-level competitive weightlifter.
2: Uh, Phil Stevens, coach with Staley Training Systems, founder of uh,
1: lifterhope.org, and a competitive powerlifter. Very cool. Well uh we got uh for everyone listening in today we have uh, kind of a very cool guest. We've got Lee Peel with us. Lee, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: It's Glad awesome to be here. That, it's awesome to have you here. And um, you know, Lee, most of our most more listeners are guys, and I know even most of the guys will know who you are, but you're you're probably better known in the female audience a little bit. So I just want to let people know a little bit about you. Um I think probably Lee is best known for her book, the, the Fat Loss Troubleshoot. Um, but she's done a number of other books, uh, including the Metabolic Repair Manual, OPT for Fat Loss, the Water Manual. Done uh, a number of titles, and uh, she also hosts a popular podcast on her website, which is leepeel.com dot com. And I'll just spell that out for everybody: that's L E I G H P E E L E dot com. And uh, I know that Lee is also a frequent guest on Kevin Larrabee's The Fit Cast. And uh, I think just in an overall sense, Lee is quickly uh, emerging as one of the more prominent female uh, fitness authorities out there. And, and in addition to her website, you, you know, you can find her all over the web. Um, if you just Google Lee Peel and, and, and you'll find her on Facebook and Twitter and uh, all these other things. And uh, so, um, Lee, have I left anything out here?
3: Uh no,
1: that was like by far the best introduction ever. Oh cool. Well, we're <laughs> off to a good start then. Cool. I see I should do my own introductions now too then if I'm good at it. So uh, well well hey Lee, I I um I always find it interesting when we have a guest on to kind of hear uh about what led them into the fitness industry. So in, in your case, like what how did you get started uh on your career path? Well,
3: you know, it's it's funny because uh I don't know. I guess mine is a is a little bit different than uh, than some people's, or or not really. But um, you know, I I didn't start off thinking that I was going to do this. Um, I got out of school and I was kind of doing the the dead end thing. You know, I didn't really know um, what I was going to do. I just knew that I wasn't really happy. I was an athlete when I was growing up, uh, dancing and. I, I did music. I made music, and I, uh, I traveled around, and I, I did that. And it, it was uh, it was about, you know, a couple years into that, and it wasn't really doing anything, and I started to, I wasn't that healthy. I wanted to kind of change my mindset. I wanted to change uh, things and get back into training and get back into doing more physical things. And I started to look up, uh, you know, about information and what things are about, and I realized that the information out there was really confusing and really all over the place and I'm I'm just a knowledge junkie. If I focus on something, I just start to absorb it. And um yeah, yeah basic basically you know I I really loved the the, the book Outliers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell and I think I did my 10,000 hours in about 3 years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and, by, and by the way, that that's so cool to hear because that is an amazing book and all of Gladwell's stuff is amazing, but that is an amazing book.
3: Isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's so excellent. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I started researching and I started researching and I, I you know, I dove in and I, I got my education, I got my certifications and I loaded up with those and when I was done loading up with those and I started loading up with just the the information that was out there and, and dissecting it over and over again. And, and I trained anyone I could get my hands on. I mean, from morning to night, you know, 15-hour days. Went to fields, went to, you know, moms of, of kids, and it was like, hey, you know, I'm looking to do this, I'm looking to do that. And I just wanted to get my hands on everybody I could and, and just learn it. And, and from that, it's kind of born what I do now, you know, and um, yeah. I'm, I'm still learning. You know, I, I, I don't stop by any means. I still read studies every day. I still uh, try and train different types of people that, that I may not have trained before. And and um, it's, it's just a never-ending growing process for me, you know, and I just cool. I love it. I, I love it.
1: It is uh, it is infectious. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, like, since you mentioned the word learning, here's how I want to kind of lead off here. And, and uh, for anyone listening in, Leah has no idea I'm going to ask her this question. And uh, I actually think this is kind of a unique question, and I'll be interested to hear if anyone has ever asked you uh, this before. But, you know, since there are not a lot of, in my mind, there's not a lot of prominent female fitness authorities out there that, that, that guys respect, um, anyway, um, I was thinking about leading off by asking you kind of how how male trainers can be more effective with their female clients. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of women being afraid to lift weights and to gain muscle and, and to eat and all that kind of stuff. But then I thought, actually, what would be the better question to ask since, you know, you're here with three guys on the line, right? And most of our listeners are guys. And so what I want to ask you is... Um, What can guys learn about fitness and nutrition from women? Because I think among guys, at least, there's kind of an unspoken, maybe an unconscious belief that males are generally more knowledgeable about those topics and uh, that, you know, women have some sort of a monopoly on fitness and nutrition myths. So as a female trainer uh, working in a male-dominated industry, what are some things that you could teach the guys?
3: Such a good question. you know, i I think one of the things and and I do think that this applies across the board, but I yeah. will say that, that the thing that I have seen pop up the most among my male clients and and just people in general is um men the men that I work with really um you know it's it's that I don't want to stop and ask for direction shit you know it's it's that it's that they don't they don't want to um ask for help a lot. They're hmm. afraid to. They're afraid to say I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm,
1: um, just, I'm just laughing because it's so true. <laughs> so true. <laughs>
3: and um. and uh, I I I think that that it's 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 you know and and it's, it's that pride that gets some places, you know it's it's that pride that gets some places, but it's also that pride that haunts them. I think it's why you see, guys really excel in the lifting. You know, they really excel in the lifting, they really excel in that brute strength, you know, they they really excel in trying to go for it. But when it comes to nutrition, they're just lost in the wondering and, and it's everybody is. It's not that, you know, everybody yeah. isn't, but they don't want to admit it. Uh-huh. And, and and they just they just sit there and they wonder and I think the biggest thing is is, is to be okay and to be like, I don't know anything about food. Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about what I, I do in a day or what I burn in a day or how much I need for what I'm doing i i don't get it um and and understanding like that simple little fact, like just that simple little thing of being like can you can you help me figure out how much how much food i need you know i want to put on mass eat you know and and it's like yeah. they they don't understand it they overcomplicate
1: things um, you know, when, you, when you say that and by the way that is just a great response and, and i think you're totally right about that but it occurs to me when i hear you say that that you know, if you if you think of training and nutrition as two sides of the coin that, that kind of gets you to the to the goal that you're trying to get to, um, it seems, doesn't it, that guys intrinsically have a little bit more interest and willingness to learn about the training edge of that coin. And it seems, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like women uh, have a little bit more natural interest and, and curiosity about the nutrition side of, of the coin. Is it? Do you think that's accurate?
3: I think that's a perfectly accurate thing to say. Um, and I, I think that you can see that in society.
1: You know, yeah. um,
3: when nutrition is targeted towards, like, just even even things from, like, healthy choice and, and lean cuisine. You know, uh, men have hungry men. Women have a whole <laughs> diet aisle that is devoted to them. You know, yeah. and, and, and men are often lacked that, that targeting of nutrition tailored to them uh you know it's it's basically everything is tailored towards women on the nutrition side, and everything is tailored towards training on the men's side and
1: i, Please, I do you? It and and more more nutritionists there are more female nutritionists dr Lonnie, Dr. Lowry has told us this that most diet registered dietitians are women
3: absolutely all the i I think the majority of the the registered dietitians I've met have been female and um and not to not to say that either. Sex is better or worse, but I find that the male dietitians and registered dietitians seem to be a little bit more anal with the research. I'm not saying that they're better, but I think that um, it seems to be when a man does get in the field, he really excels in it very well. Sure. And um, I, I just I think that it's it is totally overlooked and um, it's it's not guided towards at all for for men to focus on that nutrition. And you know you see things about hard gainers all the time. And I know your your audience is. I'm an early male, and it's like, oh, I, I, you know, I lift the weights all the time. Are you eating, though? What are you eating? Because that's kind of important. You know, it's, it's, it's kind <laughs> of important. For it. And, and it, it just bypasses their brain. It's like, but I'm doing the curls. And it's like, it doesn't mean anything if you're eating, you know, nothing every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, no, I,
2: mean, I think I, these are 100% correct. I mean, 99% of the time when we're working with men, it's teaching them how to eat. You know that's where they're falling short, and the women, you know, they got that nailed, and it's it's teaching them how to train. Can
0: I interject uh, here for a second?
2: Yeah, Lee,
0: do you think it's fair to say, uh, say um, that women have more an emotional attachment to food, and that could that might have something to do with their kind of their willingness more to kind of look at it um, sure, more in depth?
3: I'm sure because when you, when you look at it, and and of course this is you know getting into a lot of psychological things, but. When you look at the aspect of, of training and what men do and what women do and what women's goals are and what men's goals are, men's in, in general goals is to get, you know, jacked. They want to get big. They want muscles. They don't care about putting on a little bit of fat with that meat. You know, in general, they don't. Women, they might not be that afraid of training, but they don't want to put on anything. They don't want to put on fat. They don't really <laughs> want to put on muscle. They just want to put on tone. And they don't understand the concept of needing to eat to live. And and it's, if if women could eat and lift the way that men do, I think that you would see a completely different field. But if they do lift, most of the time they're starving themselves and they're not reaping the benefit. Um, and and it's it's a constant problem. And with the guys, they lift a lot, but you know they usually don't monitor their diet, and you know it can be less or more. But I I think that that women's emotional attachment to food and the way they're viewed as society is a problem. Because yeah. you know women can't get big, and they don't want to get big, so therefore don't lift and don't feed the the lifting, and and it's just it's a constant problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Oh, I've, I've just lost my train of thought, Lee. You just said something excellent that I wanted to uh, to pick up on, um, and I've, I've sort of lost my uh, my train of thought on that, but. Um, Excellent comments. I, do you so so? You have both male and female clients, obviously. So what um, what are the pros and cons? I mean, what uh, what drives you? What to start off with? What drives you crazy about male clients? Is, does it relate to the food thing that you're talking about here, or is it that they you have a hard time getting them to respect you as a female? Do you deal with that kind of issue, or what, what, how does that work?
0: Of of
3: course the issue of me being a female is out there you know it, it, it'd be um, it'd be silly to say it wasn't I try and ignore it as, as much as possible and and just do my thing but sure. at the end of the day I'm also realistic about it if I'm training someone who's going for strongman or or powerlifting I can't spot them there's certain sure. things that I can't do you know physically I just I can't compete there or, or be with guys on a certain level. And I'm realistic to that, and i'm i you know I move to a certain thing so a lot of the guys that I work with um are primarily either lower body weight athletes um your your general like kind of weekend warriors and and my biggest problem for for my guys is getting them more mobile getting them more mobile is kind of the hardest thing that I have to deal with getting a man to do dynamic warm ups or stretches i mean it's pulling teeth for me. <laughs> it really is. I, 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 you know, guys don't like stretching. <laughs> Um, well, yeah i, I just wanna
1: i wanna assure you that that at least the three of us really enjoy stretching so we're we're not you know, <laughs> don't count us among those uh <laughs> yeah it's
3: it it's probably my biggest problem at least for most of the guys I work with you know the the warm up you know the the warm up so i I end up using a lot of fillers and things like that to keep things interesting but um I think that that's probably one of the most difficult things I have to do once I get them in the door but I will say that um, and I think in general with personal trainers, the average towards females to males is always going to be kind of higher for females. Males in general don't usually take on personal trainers that much because they, you know, yeah. like to do it themselves. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but um, I will say that I about 75% of my clients always be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of that also leans towards um, a lot of recovery problems like eating disorder problems, bulimia, anorexia, stuff like that, because that happens to be kind of a a particular yeah, yeah, person yeah, yeah. that And seen.
1: that's spreading to males too. But so so give give all the guys listening, because I think you know we're all coaches and trainers, and and a lot of the listeners are. And so what what kind of insights can you give male trainers? Hey, maybe this would be a book for you okay so uh you know into the uh, into the psychology of of female clients, right, because we're like guys i mean um w- you know we kind of understand it from a from an intellectual point of view but but uh what is it that you'd like to see more male trainers kind of understand about you know the the female psychology that that would allow them to be more effective with those clients?
3: such good questions um i i think one of the, the first things funny enough is all a lot of my guy trainer friends you know they're so delicate and they're so they try and and kind of be a little bit more tender with their and i think it's so not the thing to do okay. um so i i would say one of the first things that you need to do is treat them like you would a guy you know, um, I treat my girls and my guys exactly the same. I give them the exact same answers. I, I drill them the exact same way. Now, granted, personality to personality, you know, I'm yeah. different. Um,
1: yeah.
3: but, but as far as, you know, the training goes and the way I give them their information, you know, uh, it's exactly the same. And I push them and I expect out of them the exact same that I expect out of guys. And I don't think that um, guy trainers don't do that with women, but I think that, you know, Women are more emotional creatures, and I'm probably going to get stoned for saying that, but they are. And um, it's it, it's kind of hard filling it out at first. You know, you, you're kind of walking this line of, I don't want to upset her, or, you know, can, can I yeah, touch yeah, her yeah, here? Yeah. Is that okay? You know, a lot of guys just ask me, is it okay to touch my client? Yeah, touch her. It's okay. You know, I mean, be, be you know, within a, a limit, of course, but it's all right. You can adjust her when she's doing her squat. It's okay, you know. Um, so I think not being too timid. Is, is the first thing that, yeah. that is uh, going to get you the furthest. Um, and then beyond that is, and I think this is, again, across the board, but women do get it so wrong when it comes to nutrition. And granted, all trainers are not nutritionists, but I think yeah. trying to explain to them uh, that it is important that they need to eat and do certain things for their goals and that that goes hand in hand and to not go do, you know, um, hey, let's do, you know, five, sets chocolate squats and then you go home and you eat, you know, special K. It's not gonna help you. Um so I, I think that that's, <laughs> I, I think that that's important to to just, you know, give give them the bare bones of the basic information and and just don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to get real
1: with them. You mentioned nutrition. I think um there are several states where if you don't have nutritional credentials you, you know you're you're legally not allowed to uh
0: Absolutely. Pre- so so but so
1: mm-hmm. what I always tell trainers is, you know, when you give when you give uh, food advice to your clients, just explain to them, look, I have no nutritional credentials, but don't worry. I, I'm not i am not a nutritionist. I'm just teaching you how to eat, you know. so uh, I
3: also, I, I recommend a lot, um, you know, I, I recommend books. You know, I, that's yeah, usually yeah. what I, I tell people to is I kind of take the personality and I'm like, hey, you should shout me Rules of Lifting and, you know, look at that. Or why don't you uh, you know, check out the precision nutrition, you know, just whatever, yeah. it's I, you know, my stuff too. But, you know, basically I, I, I guide them to where they can learn the information yeah. themselves. Uh, yeah. But I give them a filter, you know, make yeah. Google a little bit smaller.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so on the last question I just asked you, like, here's an example. And this is something that has happened to me, I think, twice. And this has happened probably, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I had a female client many years ago. And we did a squat session, and she did fine. And she was somewhat overweight and concerned about gaining muscle and everything. So she comes back two days later, and I just kind of inquired, "So, you know, how are you feeling? How are things?" She goes, "Well, she goes, um, you're not going to want to hear this, but my thighs are bigger." And I'm just like, you know, I'm, you know, struggling to 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 even be, you know to to even think of how to address that question. And as I was doing so, you know, she just looked at me with basically her thought bubble was saying, you know, look, you're a guy, you don't get this. So <laughs> that is one of the things that's tough. And, and I, I suppose female trainers must deal with this as well, right? Uh, it's, it's not just male trainers, but uh,
3: uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the number the number one question I got in the beginning when I was working when I was working in a commercial gym, you know, thank God that he saved me from that, but. Um, when I was working in a commercial gym, the, the number one question I got is, "Why does the elliptical make my legs bigger?" And what? I'm like, "You know?" And and, and uh, how do you
1: how do you tell these women, "Look, you know, this is this is a, this is a figment of your imagination." Like, how do you say that in in a way that doesn't seem condescending? You know?
3: Um, this is how I handle it, and it may or may not be the best way to handle it, but I, I handle it in two ways. One. The obvious or direct way is, is I, I always tell them um, that you have muscle, but you don't see it underneath your layer of fat. And uh, the more that you retain glycogen underneath, yeah, you know, you, know you, you pull in glycogen and, and you, you pull in some water Because any training, this is for anybody listening that's trying to explain this to a female. Any training is going to make you cause, you know, to have water retention if you're training, you're going to have a degree of water retention and you're going to store a little bit more glycogen because you're pulling in, you know, you're pulling it into the muscle and and it's going to cause a good swole. If you're lean, that swole is hot. If you're not lean, the swole is, quote-unquote, bulky. And, um, And it creates blood that you're not happy with because you have too much fat. So I, in a roundabout way, try and explain to them that they're too fat. I know that sounds horrible. To say it like that, but I in a roundabout way I'm like, you have too much fat, it, and, and it's because of that fat that you can't see the good that's yeah. happening underneath. Um, and and I just I try I, I keep it real, I try and explain it to them, yeah. um, I like and, it. And, and sometimes they you know they, they shy away. And I, I try and explain to them that look, we're in you know, like most of the time, let's be honest, it's for fat loss, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, we're in a caloric, you know, deficit here. And you I'll, tell you, be, I'll tell you
1: what I'll tell you what I tell them. You can tell me if you think I, this is a good one. I always say, so you think that by training more, you're going to look worse?
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. No, that's, it's, that's a really simplistic <laughs> way of putting it. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just try and explain it to them like that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something that I talk about a lot. And, and there are certain training techniques that you can you can do for women to, you know, if, if they don't necessarily want this, that, and the other done. I, yep. I mean, I listen to my client to a degree, but at the end of the day, I want you strong, and I want you safe and mobile, and um, if nothing's going to happen to you that's a problem. If you're in a deficit, it's not going to happen. You'd be lucky if it happened in a surplus anyway. And I try and explain it so as best I can, but, um, but, yeah, a lot of times they don't get the water retention glycogen thing, and I, I think maybe trying to explain that to some women might help sometimes.
1: That's good. I like it. I like it a bunch. Yeah. Well, um, one
2: one thing I'd like to touch on is just going back to the, the training males versus females and the whole mindset. Um, you know, and men, they, they just don't want to listen as far as it comes to training. Um, one thing I've said, and I'll say it time and time again, I mean, in the end, after the first few initial weeks, I mean, women, I feel, are just, they're much easier to train and they're easier yeah. to get fired up over. They'll take your advice. And, I mean, a woman with a goal, I mean, oh, my God, you can tell them to do anything. I mean, they'll jump through fire for you. If they got, like, a, a high school reunion coming up, just oh, just I tell mean, me what right? to do. I'll do it. You know? <laughs> and they'll do anything. Whereas a guy will question everything you have to say. I mean, dime for dime, I think women get more out of a good trainer than, than men.
0: I the problem is good. there's a lot of bad ones out there. Too. <laughs> because they will listen. The well, I don't. I don't never understood the whole concept of men seem to have this idea that just because they're men that they they have this inbred knowledge of how to lift things.
2: Yeah.
0: You know correctly. <laughs> you know, and they think, well, you know, I'm a guy, so you know, I just know how to squat properly. Yeah. Uh, so sure yeah, I agree with. This, I felt well, the women I've trained have been much more satisfying for me than the men because yeah, they, the women seem to just soak up and want to learn and want to take guidance and want to do things properly.
2: Well, another thing is it's just refreshing, to 90%, I mean, be honest, I mean, 95 or more percent come in with the attitude of, I need to lift pink dumbbells. But, you know, when you actually show them that, look, you can pick up heavy things, and they get that aha moment, and, you know, it's mentally empowering to them. I mean, I've seen women come in, and they turn into, you know, just... It helps them physically and mentally, confidence and self-esteem all the way around to to realize and and look, I can do this. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's amazing just, when you see oh, a
0: woman on the leg press and they got like a twenty-five on each side, and you're like, you know what, you could do it at least a couple hundred pounds, and they're like, no, I couldn't. And when they actually do it, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's it's amazing how they're, they're just so. It's like an epiphany for them. Holy crap, yeah. I can actually do something. And it's and then if they can see that. Then you just they take it on and go further, you know.
2: Yeah, once you light that little spark and they're they are on fire. And it's just a joy.
1: Very neat. Well, if you're just joining us, uh we're talking with Lee Peel uh of uh Leepeel.com and once again that's L E I G H P E E L E dot com. And uh hey Lee, can you hang out with us for our topic today? Absolutely. Fantastic, Phil? family for that uh, inspiring music and uh, so okay so the the topic for the week is uh, is the fitness industry advancing or regressing and uh, I think I'm going to form my thoughts on that just as I kind of introduce the topic because I think you could mount uh, an argument either way but I'll uh, I'll I'll kind of uh, give you my opinion on this. It is kind of funny when you look, at least at North American society and and most Western societies. uh, I think training is advancing, uh, 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 you you know, based on on on, uh, certain parameters. But there's kind of a bifurcation out there. You know, the majority of the population is becoming more and more obese and more and more unhealthy and unfit. You look at American society today. We basically you know are are very very controlled by uh prescription medications and uh you know uh weight loss surgery now is is not used uh, as a last resort but it's it's used as basically a first resort you know for cosmetic purposes even um, so but then there are some positive uh advances in the in the industry but i'm just going to i'll start this off by just saying that I actually kind of do think that we're regressing along a lot of lines. Um, there are some positive uh, trends out there along the lines of. Um, uh, I, I like a lot of what CrossFit is doing. I like um, uh, uh, some of the nutritional advances that are coming out in terms of the the, the awareness that uh, that uh, carbohydrates are, are basically um, problematic for most people. So I think there's some some advances, but uh, you know, if you look at what the average person does in a gym today versus maybe 40 years ago, uh, I think you could really make a strong argument that what you saw people doing 40 years ago, men and women, uh, is probably a lot more productive than what you see people doing in gyms, uh, today. And so, uh, that's my thought on that, but who wants to jump in?
2: I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, I'd like to, it's kind of a double-sided coin here because As an athlete and being inside the industry, I mean, I can make an argument that we are progressing. I mean, that's evident by, you know, we have the best athletes ever right now. I mean, and we're, a lot of things we're actually regressing, but it's progress. I mean, going back to just hard work and uh, lots of just barbells and, and lifting heavy things and stuff. But then, you know, you look at the grand scheme of things and we also have, you know, there's the best athletes ever
0: but the population as a whole is worse than it ever. Not, was.
1: They're not catching so, up.
0: So there's a the larger gap than ever before.
1: It, so, do you think it I might mean, be
0: much the same way the you know the the social structure is? How they say you know the middle class is dying out. Could it be that you know the fatter are just getting fatter and more out of the shape, and the people who are athletic and in shape are just getting better and better? Yeah,
3: I, know, and, I was about to say that the extremists seem to be. It seems to be leading by extremists more attitude. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. I definitely see that that trend.
1: You guys, do you guys yeah. see uh, about every about every three or four years, there'll be some story making the rounds in, in all the news uh, about how there's some new exercise pill that if you take this pill, you don't have to exercise anymore. If there ever was such a pill, and it was affordable and it was within everyone's reach, what do you guys think would happen to the fitness industry? You think it would just entirely evaporate?
3: There is a pill. It's called shove me in the closet and eat an apple.
1: Yeah, that's
3: it. It <laughs> yeah. does exist. Just don't eat. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying of like course. there is that pill and 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 it does exist. And I think I think in my opinion is things are are better in the aspect of what is good is better, but what is bad is worse. You know, yeah. and I think that I think that you know you have so many cooks in the kitchen. You just got you have so many opinions. Everyone has a blog, everyone has a, a gym, everyone has a news station, have entertainment investment in ways that they never did before. And I, I I just I think that um that pill does exist and I don't think the fitness industry has any worry, it's a recession um proof business in my opinion. It's uh it's 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 one of the few industries that's recession proof. Hmm. Well it's it's
2: interesting you say that. I mean talking to uh like um John Vodinia the other day, for instance, you know, he's like, man, everybody's talking about, you know, this recession is the worst time. And he's like, I'm getting more clients than ever. You know, and it's, you know, I think it's the one thing people can control. You know, agree with that. They, they don't have any money, but,
1: and I can get in shake.
2: You know, so.
1: Yeah, I, I think when you feel a loss of control over your environment and your circumstances, it is true that you may be compelled to gravitate toward one thing that you can control and uh, so that's perhaps good news but but um, listen let me just restate my question because i you know i i i think i'm going to take uh, t- take issue with this i mean i think if there was an if there was a literal pill that you could take affordably that would give you the body you wanted i don't i don't think i think 99% of the population would stop going to gyms you know, are you talking a just a pill, pill, pill
0: in regards to like I mean, fat no loss no. or one that would you know different I mean a different... I
1: think that 99% of uh, of people who go to gyms are going there purely to look better and for no other reason and if that pill existed I think gyms would dry up And I just I just wonder if you agree with that or not If there was would this a pill that give you strength the average
2: average lean you know what what the average person's looking for just a lean body or whatnot, the average looking good physique, um, and they can eat whatever they want, yeah, I think they'd dry up. I think there would still be those of us out there that are looking to get strong and compete as athletes.
0: Yeah, so I think I, I think over a couple of generations, the the, the uh, fitness industry and, like, as far as gyms and so forth would dry out. I think it would be okay for a while just because it would have that, you know, cult-like hub of, of people like like ourselves that still feel a need to actually go and put in something to get something. But I mean, eventually, yeah, that would dry up eventually with, when our generation is gone, and it just becomes more of a norm just to kind of get fit with a pill versus getting fit, fit with like doing activity.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, Lee, what do you think?
3: I, I definitely think if there's a pill that would give you whatever you want and you can eat whatever you want, then then yeah, it would it would affect things. But I also think that we're a nation that has to find a problem for something, and I I I could guarantee you. That that something would happen in which that that we would find a means to still progress towards training, and the only reason why I say that is is when you look back in times when physique wasn't so much of an issue. I mean, you know, I'm talking like going back into the Romans and things like that, and yep. where athletics were born on pride and were born on. I think that that there'd still be a core group of people, and and not. I don't even think one percent. I think a, a core, a strong core group of people that would still find a way to to advance it, and then I think you would still also find people that that did it as a problematic-solving
1: thing. That's an, interesting, that's an interesting take, you know, because I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that, you know, 150 years ago there was no such thing as a fitness industry. There was really no such thing as fitness or exercise. Uh, if you were doing any kind of physical training, it was because you were an athlete. People really were not overweight. And so, right. you know, sport training really – um, gave birth to fitness training. I mean, that's really the origin of all this.
2: Sure. Yes, but, you know, you go back 150 years ago, and that that's probably what we'd go back to, and fitness wasn't an industry then. You know, would we be able to support an industry if we didn't have, you know, Johnny and Jane cardio machine? I, I don't know. I I doubt that.
0: But, you, you know, know it's they, like, like Lee said, there would be that core group, but you know what, there would be that that percentage in that core group that would use the pill sure. plus workout because they would want to just keep modifying things towards being better and better, right? So they would use anything that's available to them. So they'd, you know, use the pill in conjunction with physical acti- activity. And then there would be those people, of course, that would use it as a crutch, as she said. So,
2: I mean, I think even right now, I mean, you got to be honest. It's, it's harder to see, I guess, from the inside here because the people we are all around a lot, are into the industry, you know, That's and are into fitness and health. You know, we are a very small percentile, you know, honestly. I mean, if you look at it, and the thing, sure. people that are keeping this thing afloat are the ones that are constantly pro- programmed or programmed it from infomercial to infomercial, you know, and it's getting larger every day. <laughs> I mean, it's, it it has to be. You look at the population and obesity rate yes. compared to those who are fit. I mean, people are getting more and more out of shape. Life used to be hard, and now it's yeah. not you know
0: yeah.
3: a,
2: in that way training yeah. needs to become a supplement you know it needs people need it to be healthy you didn't have to fifty sure, sure, hundred years sure. ago. I think well, I agree you know, with
3: it's, that. It's it's funny because I, I one of the things about my programming that I do so much is I monitor I monitor people a lot with the uh, caloric burn devices, like where they you know, they're kind of like really fancy step monitors, like go wear where fits and body bug devices and things like that. And um, you know, the majority of my time is spent working with people who work in an office all day and, and guys that you with you know, two you two two sixty guys. So you would think, oh, you know, that guy has to burn 3,000, you know, 3,500 calories a day. doesn't burn a thing because he sits all day. Mm-hmm. He can have all the mass on him he wants, but he never moves that mass. And he sits all day. And the lack of activity in this country and the lack of activity in, in you know, this generation, and it's only, you know, going to get worse, um, Is is the silent killer. It really is. You know, or, or maybe it's not silent anymore, but it's it's the killer. It's a lack of movement. You know, it's it's not just the food. It's the fact that we don't do anything with that food. We eat that food and we sit on that food.
2: Oh yeah, um, you go to the Midwest. That's where I, I'm from originally, and you know, it's only a generation, generation half removed that you know your grandfather and possibly father was out on a farm working every day, and now everybody's in an office, but yet they eat like their
0: grandfathers.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: you That's know, fine. they, they much, didn't change the
2: eating habits.
0: Yeah, and the foods are so much more calorie dense too. So.
1: Yep. 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 Very cool. Well, Lee, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us today. I hope it was fun for you. And uh, um, a- anything on the horizon that you want people to know about in terms of uh, just uh, any upcoming uh, books or interviews or products or just anything we should know about?
3: Uh, you, I always have the fat loss troubleshoot. Which is yep. basically, you know, the, the guide for if you're having problems with your fat Um And in the future coming up, it's looking like August, September. I'm not exactly sure, but um, I will be having Body by Eats, which is a, it's a comprehensive recipe training support site membership. It's it's a whole big ball of fun, and and it's 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 going to be a really big fun event, and uh, a lot of good food, healthy food, and. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically it. And, you know, com is my website. And you guys are lucky because I changed my website name. This one's a lot easier to say than the last one. So. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. <laughs> um,
3: so, yeah, that's about it there.
1: <laughs> well, Lee, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I hope thank we you can uh, so twist your arm and me. come back uh, sometime soon. Uh, I'd, be I'd be honored. Thanks, Lee. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. Great show. The I Am
0: Radio Podcast all of the audio on my own if you're is going to a diet or an exercise program, it's important to check with your patients. Also, it's just to help of reducing my issues, athletic trainers, qualified exercise physiology,